This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Back in March, Wahala Johns started sending these letters, pleading for help. Is it possible for you to read the one of the notes you sent? Yeah, let me see. When did I send it? Wahala is Navajo. She was writing to the president of the Navajo Nation. This is March 19th. I said, President Jonathan Nez, thank you for all you're doing in response to COVID-19. I'm writing to encourage you to take one step further and put a shelter-in-place order for all of the Navajo Nation. I know thousands of our people are not getting COVID-19 information, uh, especially how life-threatening this virus is, and I would strongly encourage you and your administration to put shelter-in-place order. Did you get a response? I didn't. Wahala splits her time between Oakland, California, and Black Mesa, Arizona. In California, she was completely locked down. Talking to her relatives back in Arizona, she worried they weren't locked down enough. A few days before she wrote to the president, dozens of Navajo church leaders had gathered together. One pastor was coughing. After the group split up, more people began getting sick. The information wasn't out there. I mean, a lot of families don't have Wi-Fi. They don't have uh, cell service. You know, I was worried about, like, how how much of our leadership is getting information to communities and taking this seriously so people can self-isolate and not have gatherings. Now, the lockdown on the Navajo Nation is one of the strictest in the country. From Friday to Monday, no one's allowed to travel without risking a fine. But the coronavirus is still spreading. In the last week, the Navajo Nation surpassed New York and New Jersey to become the place in the U.S. with the highest per capita infection rate in the country. I I noticed you, the first thing you said was, I think it was a greeting. How did you address the president? Ya'at'e, President Jonathan Nez. Ya'at'e means the whole, like, air, sky. Hmm. And so you're acknowledging everything, not just like some person, but everything, the whole, what we see in front of us. So you're acknowledging the person, but also kind of placing them in the wider world. Yeah. Ya'at'e is what, how we greet one another, is that every, everything's going to be good. Everything has not been good on Navajo Nation. Not for the past few months. Not for a long time. Today on the show, what the pandemic has laid bare and how what's happening now is the result of generations of neglect. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. 
When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wahela Johns is used to shuttling back and forth between her home on Navajo Nation and her home in California. She runs a green energy company. She's been working to bring solar panels to thousands of homes on Navajo and Hopi reservations. But now, because of the virus, she's stuck in California, and her days are filled with phone calls. Not about her solar company, but about PPE and how to get more of it to her community. During normal times, how often are you going back to Navajo lands? I would say about 50-50. Spend here, and then I spend on Black Mesa, where I have a home, right before um, shelter-in-place went into effect here in Oakland. I had just gotten back from Navajo. So I've been here for, I don't know, maybe eight or nine weeks. (laughs) Does that feel weird? To be in the same place for so long? Yeah, it definitely does. I was planning to go back for a lot of April. Definitely weird. (laughs) The last time you were at the Navajo Nation, what did it feel like? Because it was just the beginning of people beginning to think about lockdowns and quarantines. So could you feel that while you were there? Uh, not so much. I, I'd been, I met with a few, uh, chapters in our communities, um, about building partnership and doing our work with off-grid solar. Cause you do green energy work. Yes. And the, con- the conversation kept coming up and I think, yeah, I don't think people were prepared like, oh, it's just, it's like kind of weren't taking it as serious, but I told my parents and I told my family, I'm like, Hey, you know, you all should, um, stock up on food and, Uh, you know, make sure to wear masks and gloves, wash your hands, like always wash your hands. Um, Don't go to gatherings. When you had those conversations, what were they like? Because I know in the early days when I talked to like my parents, everyone was sort of like, do we really have to do this? Yeah, I remember having a conversation with my parents. Um, We were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, because um, my nephew plays basketball, high school basketball. And I was trying to figure out if I could stay longer so I can watch um, his championship game at the state finals. And my parents told me that they, the governor had canceled the basketball game because it would draw thousands of people from all over because of COVID-19. And I think that's when everyone was like, what? <laughs> um, huh. It was a big surprise because a lot of my people come from the reservation to, I mean, basketball is a big thing on Navajo Nation, um, but also all tribes and the state playoffs are huge, you know, and um, lots of our teams from Navajo Nation make it into the state playoffs and my nephew plays. And so they canceled the game and my parents were there and we were sitting, you know, in, we were in the hotel room and they were like, wow, this is, this is wild. And then the other piece was just, I think it was a almost like a surprise that how quickly COVID came onto Navajo um, hmm. in a way, like, cause it's, we're such rural isolated 
um, communities. And, you know, once we heard about the first uh, few exposures, then it's like wildfire. Yeah, you've said that stay-at-home orders are especially tricky on Navajo. Why is that? It It's hard because if you have to go get water, you know, depending on how much you use, you have to, you know, it could take two to three days. You have to go get water for your animals or for your homestead. So there's that planning that you have to do. Make sure you have enough water if you have to, you have to haul water. And, and then we live in a food desert. You know, we have about 13 grocery stores on Navajo Nation that cover, you know, our land is the size of West Virginia. Most families, they, when they do shopping, they go off the reservation at Walmart, at Sam's Club, you know, and so, um, because that's where the big box stores are. And so that's typically what families do. And that what I do <laughs> is, hmm. you know, is stocking up on water, stocking up on food. People live close together too, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's tough to self-isolate when you live in a homestead with usually multi-generational family members all living under one roof. Um, and then sometimes like we have homes that are one room homes, hoguns. You know, I understand that your great uncle and his wife died of COVID. Yeah. How how did they get sick? I don't know. You know, that one was a, um, a huge surprise when we heard that they weren't feeling well. You know, we just kept up our prayers um, that they're going to heal from this, that they're going to, um, you know, they're going to overcome this. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Losing someone to this virus um it's it's you know it's heartbreaking it's so sudden and for me being so far away from my family you know when you lose relatives there's a process of you know gathering and supporting each other through this tough time and i think being away um it, it's hard to do that and to grieve you know and mourn is the rest of the family well? I don't know. Um, I I think I, I have to have a I have to check in with them. So I don't know. It, listening to you talk, it, it's clear you're really sad about what happened with your relatives. I wonder too if it makes you angry though. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I, I've seen the similar uh, feelings from different people who are writing as like people of color and low income and the marginalized communities write about when they do lose loved ones in this situation. Um, it could be prevented, you know, and um, the, the kind of sadness and anger. I feel that with our nation for a very long time. Um, the fact that, you know, COVID has highlighted the lack of infrastructure and the lack of everything and it's a, it's it's not like it it's it's a little there like a little anger but it's just like it kind of had a feeling that you know our people we're just not ready for this you know for a pandemic um, there's history here and and it's not because we choose to live this way <laughs> at all um, you know there's definitely a, a lack of support from the federal government yeah. 
I mean, I, I read this article in the Washington Post, and it was about what Georgia looks like as it's opening back up. The reporter was at an outdoor mall where people were having drinks, having a beer. And there's this one quote that I can't stop thinking about from a guy like sitting outside with a friend saying, you know, I think you have to live life. And his friend says, when you start seeing where the cases are coming from and the demographics, I'm not worried. And I wonder when you see comments like that, if there's if there's something you want to say to people who are thinking that way. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, that's all that's not new. You know, I, I think that when you talk about this country, you know, we've given up lots of land, indigenous peoples here in the United States, for what in exchange? For horrible health care, for like, you know, not having basic infrastructure, like water and power. That's crazy to me. And and I think like comments like that are just, you know, um, I feel sorry for those people. And I feel sorry for, you know, um, that, <laughs> that we have um, built a country around ignorance. They don't understand the interconnection that we all have that is like, um, that is, 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 you know, that will make us stronger as a nation. Wahela Johns, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mary. Wahela Johns splits her time between California and Navajo Nation. She is the co-founder of Native Renewables, an organization that brings solar power to Hopi and Navajo homes. All right, that's the show. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Daniel Hewitt, and Jason DeLeon. We get help every day from Alicia Montgomery and Allison Benedict. Thank you for listening. I'm Mary Harris. I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.